It's that time of the week again where we gather around the digital campfire and we start to talk stories, non-fungible stories. It's time again for the BitMart Brain Trust here on NFT 101 and the BitMart YouTube channel. For some reason, I'm your host, Matt Ryan. My information's in the little gimmick below me that pops in and out. And joining me, as per usual, are the Roustabouts, the BitMart Brain Trust themselves, Nathan Simone, and joining us for the first time in over a fortnight, you know him, <laughs> you love him. He's a San Antonio Spurs fan. It is Kalichi eBay. Kalichi, my friend, welcome back. Thanks, man. I'm glad to be here. This is going to be an exciting episode. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to jump in. Let's do I, this. I, I want to ask Kalichi before we introduce our guest here, which is a repeat, a repeat guest, a repeat guest and a friend of the show. I'm going to bestow that title upon him. Friend of the show. Okay. Kalichi, before we introduce this esteemed colleague of ours, where were you? Huh? For two weeks. <laughs> For two weeks you were gone. People want to know where you are. I had to do 180A giveaway, okay? Trying to like get like a cat to come back to my house or something like that because I know that you love the, uh, the Cardano. Where were you? Uh, where, like, what was the get? Did anybody guess like where I've been? Oh yeah, people said that you went to the moon. I said that you know <laughs> I've gotten some text messages from Costco where you're getting those chicken empanadas. There was a photo of you in a kayak with a golden retriever. So <laughs> just a- just answer that so that we can introduce our guest here. No, I mean I've just been you know involved in other like projects within BitMarts, and uh, I decided to uh, just take that. Uh, hiatus but i'm back full time now and ready to get things rolling oh i see i see okay he wanted to give us the real answer (laughs) well well okay other than that i wanted to introduce our guest here like i said friend of the show and first repeat guest first ever repeat guest you may know him from the discord he had a popular episode called nft green flags okay as opposed to you don't get many green flags these days so it's always nice it is the one the only the dare i say non-fungible Doug Smith. As, is Doug Smith non-fungible? Doug, of course hey, Doug Smith is. One and only. <laughs> yeah, do not get yourself down. Actually, the first episode that we ever talked about on the Brain Trust was about how non-fungibility refers to people themselves because everybody's unique. Uh, <laughs> I am glad to be here, and I appreciate you welcoming back. It's, uh, it's exciting. I mean, just uh, being able to meet some new folks, obviously, uh, it's uh, seeing some faces here is even better. So even though I like staring at the avatars, the avatars do, you know, give a representation of a digital identity. It's always good seeing real people. So, Oh, absolutely. And you, you've got a great one. Uh, Doug's avatar is usually the Solana monkey business. And he's got like the little guy with the pipe and the glasses. I was just asking about that the other day. So like, it's funny when I see your face here, Doug, I'm like, where's the little monkey with the pipe? Because that's in the pink background. Because <laughs> that's yeah, yes. I'm used to seeing you. So, so about that. Um, I, uh, I'm going to call it, I really have a little bit of an anxiety part because I have a little, I, my original monkey, the original SMB is actually a guy with a mohawk. His name's <gasps> Herman. His name's Herman. Whoa. So he had to take one for the team um, because we need to, uh, he needed to help fund our project. So probably about four months ago, I had to let that one go. And oh. I'm going to call him now. I realize there's a thing called a forever monk, which is the one that's going to be your forever identity. So I feel <laughs> kind of lost out there. So my goal is through this project and success of it, you know, he's coming back. No matter what the price is, it's coming back because I feel like I lost a piece of myself. You know, as crazy as that sounds, it kind of does come off way. But yeah, so right now, nameless, got the, you know, the pipe, pink background, rocking him. He's got, we're good to go. That that does bring up, uh, when you're talking about NFTs, pre this week got hit 
with a really a really bad hack about over half a million dollars in Ethereum, just completely gone from users' wallets. And as we take a look at some of the bigger issues uh, heading into the second half of the year, as we head, you know, get deeper and deeper into the hottest winter I've ever been in my life. People are calling it a crypto winter. I am schwitzing <laughs> like a son of a bitch. But Doug, when you take a look at the marketplace right now, and security has become a major point of conversation. How do you assuage people who are, you know, new to the space or hesitant to really go all in on NFTs? And this is something we've talked about on this show before. When you see the Yuga Labs hack that happened, when you see crypto wallets getting taken like this, it starts to ring of the early internet scams, the 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 email scams that we still see happen daily, but instead of old grandmas in southern indiana it's people all across the financial and societal landscape how do you as an nft user and a proponent of nfts protect against that with your own property and how do you evangelize the platform when brought up with questions like this that's a good question and the whole crypto winter part, winter part candidly I haven't got a lot of those questions, right? Because I think right now it's been this this weird period where there was a very big flush, let's call it, which candidly I think actually was is going to be positive in the long run, right? There's only you know greed comes with consequences, and I think that was something that was necessary. Um, seeing some of the leaders that were so-called leaders of these larger corporations and entities doing what's in the best interest of the communities when really it was just themselves. Right. And I'm not pointing a finger at anyone specifically. Um, but but with that said, going back to the NFT space, um, probably in Q1, like probably right around April to May, probably right when when was the last time we spoke? When was that? Around it was April. sometime in yeah, in April. I think it was actually was, April 20th or was that like right around pre pre Terra collapse, right? Like a by, oh, like weeks. Well, Terra collapse was the beginning of May. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that so right then, I would say it was probably my, you know, hey, I need to take a step back here too, just to reassess what's going on, right? The momentum of, you know, hey, a cool mint's coming up for an NFT project that's there, let's jump on it. That kind of died. And I think a lot of things just kind of went on hold and just was, you know, even our project, which we touch on later, our momentum kind of shifted. Um, and really for me, it was more just empathizing with what happened and hearing stories from the individuals who were on the, you know, the unfortunate side of the equation, um, especially ones on projects that we're close with of people in the community just hearing their you know, stories where, hey, we're putting our trust in inside of this ecosystem that, you know, I would say I'd put in the top tier at the time, right? Um, and it's just unfortunate that some some small things, individuals had a large ripple effect and it's it's it was catastrophic. So. Um, I don't have a great answer to your question because not many folks have asked me um, about the NFT space. And I think right now what's happening, I'm getting a lot more questions around actually crypto as a whole and just, you know, with equities and overall markets and financial turmoil, um, see some negatives, but also some positives. I think we're kind of maybe coming out of this uh, possible mini bear rally here that's going to give us some momentum going into the fall. Um, although some macro things outside of the crypto world that can play into it. Um, so I anticipate just a forecast here that let's say the next couple months, um, NFTs projects, um, and that momentum will start picking back up. So I anticipate I'll be asked those questions on, hey, where to go? What should I be looking for? What are the hot trends? 
Um, but it's been kind of quiet and um, outside of the groups that I, you know, currently with, but at the same time, they're the ones who I'm spending most of the time in the markets with. Uh, uh, but on specifically, uh, to answer your question on the security side of it, when I use the ledger now, I think when I first plugged in the ledger and understood, you know, I use it with MetaMask the first time for crypto. Um, and then when I connected uh, my phantom wallet to it for Solana and put the NFTs there, it was this weird feeling of like comfort. Whereas like, I know now I'm protecting myself where I literally had the ledger box sitting on my desk for about three months unopened. Like, what am I doing? Like this, I'm hearing these stories that you're referencing before and I'm not doing anything about it. So just taking the hour to go through it, it wasn't difficult, right? To read like the YouTube videos or so many different ways to learn about it and moving that over, like had a weird sense of just like, this feels good. And I feel like I'm actually embracing what I, what I, what I preach and you know, practicing what's what you should be doing. Um, so education around what's happening, being aware of what's in the market, but also what tools and things you have at your disposal to protect yourself. Because in the end, you now are the owner of your, your domain, your owner of your assets. And that's really where things are going. So having a handle on that and being educated is, is the number one tip I could give. That was a long rant. It's more than fine. <laughs> and I, I think, and I'm not going to speak for the room, but financial literacy courses are something that are not prevalent in modern American public education. I wouldn't, I don't think in private education as well. And there is a lot of that that comes into play, I think, with NFT and crypto, because a lot of people are seeing that a lot of vocal people in the community who are first time investors, first time traders may not have the proficiency and the education. And that's kind of like why shows like NFT 101, the Bitmark Brain Trust Crypto Conversations, why all these shows exist is for people to have this as a resource to understand what you're getting into, what the market is. There's a lot of opportunity and a lot of utility in crypto, in NFTs, in this new world, in Web3. But a lot of people are diving into it the same way that we saw the tech boom in the late 90s. They're not educating themselves. They're thinking, oh, free money. Here's an opportunity for me to make a, make a lot of money. It's very capitalistic. And it creates these busts and booms. And I think that the level is coming. There's a level set that we're, we're seeing on the horizon over the next six months. And I think a lot of people are going are gonna to be slow to either come back or they're going to try to double down and it's going to cost them in the short term, but not hurt the industry long term. That's interesting. I, that's a, uh, I agree. I mean, your, your thoughts of what's going to happen are kind of, and I'm hoping the doubling down part doesn't, doesn't occur because mainly most people probably don't have much to double down anymore. <laughs> it's, been, it's been pretty rough. Right. But uh, I think the whole, the, the literacy part of it, financial literacy is key. And, um, we, we were talking about it right before we started this, this, uh, this group here today is that, you know, the mechanisms that are available to us to learn about new things is, is vast. Right. This, I, I don't know if it's officially coined the information age, but I feel that's where we're at and having things like, you know, a TikTok. And that's for me, you know, I always get the, the eye immediately like, oh, TikTok, like that's, that's got, you know, take your data. It's, 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 it's just nothing good there. There's, there's some good. I mean, there's, there's a lot of good in my mind. It really comes down to, are you, are you aware of what's being used to, convey information to you? Are you searching for it or is it coming to you as a means of 
behaviors on the phone, right? So I'll take specific examples and just say, crypto's probably got a little bit of growth inside of um, what's called TikTok, but just your basic things inside of an office of understanding how to use Excel or PowerPoint or Canva, right? The amount of videos of people who are just out there willing to educate for free is just, it's, it's phenomenal. And they're just short clips. And it's like, wow, I wish I had this, this vehicle before to quickly understand how to do things. I'll be much more proficient, whatever that task was or that skill. Um, if I had that in the past, right? So I'm hoping or is that with um, these types of vehicles like TikTok and other things that more good people come out like the folks here wanting to educate and sharing their experiences, positive or negative, and using it as a way to kind of kind of teach indirectly where it's like, I have, you know, all of us here, we have nothing to gain by being here. We're saying like, hey, I like speaking to you guys. I like, you know, telling my story. Again, the goods and the bads. So at the same time, hey, if I can help someone think, take one step, um, one extra step before making a decision and thinking, hey, should I do this? Am I fully aware of what I'm doing and what decision I'm going to make and the possible risks that come with this? Then that's a win in my book. Absolutely, Doug. And, you know, I'm just wondering because you referenced, uh, you know, finally getting out the ledger that had been sitting on your desk. In case somebody doesn't know, he's referring to ledger. It's a hardware wallet. Um, which I have multiple ones of and learned to use some years ago. But I understand that if you're not familiar with something like that, it seems daunting because of the way it's designed to, you know, be secure. And I'm just wondering from your personal perspective, um, what do you think? Because I know that you're older than me, but you're not that much older than me. Oh, oh. <laughs> damn, pal. I don't need these again. I know the gray's here, but it's throwing it. Well, I'm just wondering because I'm speaking to everybody here, everybody who might ever be watching this video. What do you think like finally got to you where you were just like, no, I need to learn how to use this? Because I also had the same feeling. It was daunting to me holding stuff in MetaMask or holding stuff in hot wallets and then finally transferring specifically NFTs to a hardware wallet. But once I did... I was like, oh gosh, it was like having a safe and like putting like cash or gold in it and you locked it with a key and you're like, I at least know that like it's here and it's going to take a while or it's going to take an army before people are going to move it around. What finally got you to do that? And like, you know, like you said, were you, were you new to the process? I know that you said you had to reference um, educational materials in order to like get it done. So I'm surprised I actually remember what made me do it. Um, I'm a visual person and I like creating what's called infographics, right? My career has been around kind of data and just being able to, how can I translate and convey something to someone else as an educational tool, whatever it may be. And I actually remember in a telegram group that I was in or when we started for NFTs, you know, it's like 50 people in there. They were asking about, Hey, how do I, um, manage different browsers or different wallets, the hot wallet, right? The browser in your, in your, sorry, the wallet in your browser versus your cold storage wallet ledger. Um, and where should I have my crypto? Where should I have my NFTs? Should I have a burner wallet? And I remember actually using, I think it was Lucid Chart or one of the, the design programs, creating a visual that showed that, like how you would move you know, crypto. I had this much soul in my burner wallet, it was only a little bit. And once I was done, I moved it out. And once I had the NFT, I moved to my ledger and I, I sent it out to the group like, oh, this is great. And I'm realizing, oh, I'm a fraud. I don't even have, I, I know this is how it should be, but I'm looking at the ledger over there. I didn't actually do it. So immediately from there, I'm like, I got to have some integrity here. And actually, and so I went ahead and did it at that point. Um, yeah, so that's to answer your question. Yeah, no, I, don't, I don't think that you're a fraud. I, I think you're great. And Kalichi, please, you, you can ask. <laughs> no, I was just going to say that, I mean, 
me personally, I've not, um, I've not used a hardware wallet. Um, I've always used uh, like the online version uh, with something called like a, a Gnosis Safe. Uh, it's a kind of a, it's a wallet that pro like allows you to have a multi-sig in such a way you can store your your assets. Your and it's only uh, ERC twenty um, Ethereum based um, tokens, but uh, and NFTs as well. To where you know you need a. Uh, basically multiple signatures so if you have another wallet or maybe your your, your spouse or your brother or your sibling um, and they have another wallet you can set it in such a way you know they they have to like two people have to sign uh, like like have to authorize it in order for the um, nfts or the uh the crypto assets to move um, but yeah that's my my personal experience I've, i found that very very safe as well because and like a hacker even if they hack a wallet they can't transfer any asset out of it because they need the other permission from the other person uh from the other signature in order to like move the assets but in the security it's when it comes to i mean like going back to the the, the conversation about uh, nfts uh it's been like lately it's been very very like rampant like the the whole like nft like scams like hacks um, I belong to several, like, and, and, I, and I assume most of you as well, like several like Discord groups where you see like Discord like servers getting like you know <laughs> attacked and you know people like like the scammers you know trying to take advantage of the people there, the community to steal their assets. Um, so it's a, it's a crazy world out there right now when it comes to NFTs. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people are hurting. And they, I feel like those hackers, they're taking advantage of that to also, um, you know, promise, you know, quick cash, a quick, you know, NFT grab or whatever. And people are just falling for it. And it's affecting the industry and especially us being in the bear market right now. But um, we're going to, I think the market is like, it's just like Darwin, like Darwinism, right? It's going to, like, we're going to evolve and, and all these, you know, hype and scams and all this stuff going on it's just going to slowly go away as people become more educated more experienced and you know like the entire like like to dog's points just education on youtube you start seeing videos about it like how to protect yourself how to protect your nft collection steps you, you should steps you should take and you probably shouldn't be clicking on every link you know you see uh, on discord or or emails, or you probably shouldn't be dragging and dropping a, a, a link, you know, to your bookmark, you know, because that's that's kind of the new like how strategy like those hackers are using right now. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been a crazy, crazy couple of months when it comes to NFTs. A lot of crazy stuff happening. So, so a couple of things. You make a lot of good points, and I say this is uh, that's why I love coming here. Like I just learned something. So I initially always thought with multisig, I always compared it to two different people. Right, two different individuals. So I thought from a business standpoint, so for our business, we have been researching multi-sig wallets for multiple people to sign off on a transaction. But the example you just gave, it could be yourself, right? It's like two-factor authentication. There's two right. different ways for it, but it serves the same purpose, right? So that, that in my mind, is, is just as secure as a ledger wallet or a hardware wallet because it kind of serves the same purpose. So that's, that's, that's awesome. Good to know. I'm going to look that up. Um, second point uh, you made around the, um, the education uh, we, uh, I'm very, let's just share some alpha here. We're, my goal for our project, one of the pieces is, is trying to, and I think this can be applied to any industry. I hate to say it, but it's like the gamification of learning, right? How can you incentivize people to learn? I'm not saying monetarily to say, Hey, this is, you have to pay someone to go learn, but 
giving them some reward of going through it and saying like, hey, I've progressed and I've, I've displayed my understanding of that knowledge, that's gonna help the broader community, right? Because you learning something, sharing with someone else is, is, is just as effective as you learning it yourself, right? As long as it's translated properly. Um, so looking at creating those types of vehicles and the mechanism for people to create different programs to educate as the onboarding ramp into Web3, is something that's in the future we're working on, but it's just so critical back to that literacy part um, around financial and data literacy is also there too. Um, but the more the more that's out there that can make it easier for the user to understand what's going on, the better it's going to be. And I think that's that's the challenge for the next wave of, of crypto projects is how can you how can you use the tools that are available to the market? I mean, the, the ecosystem to, for good, right? Because today a lot of it's based around for good for monetary purposes and good. Right, which really that's sure that's that's needed in a way to keep these things running to to, to fund new ideas to, to take risk in good ways but at the same time you know it's, it's absolutely critical for that to be positioned the right way for this whole thing to web3 world to exist or web5 now that i guess is the next one that's coming right so i don't know what happened to four we're skipping four in the middle, but, yeah. it's like, that it's was, like uh, when windows yeah. xp Jack, the jack dorsey yeah, you know, Jack Dorsey dropped that a couple of weeks back. I don't know. I, I, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember seeing that. I remember seeing that. Yeah. I was like, Web five? What about Web four? What's going on here? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm well, still confused <laughs> to Web two. Exclusive yeah. to this show, I'm uh, actually going to introduce Web seven right now. No Ooh. more six either. No more six. <laughs> oh. Web seven. You heard about it on this show. Pro Prime Thank numbers only, Smith. fam. <laughs> what was that movie? Web eleven. Oh my gosh, what was the movie? Was it a? Uh, um, oh my gosh, it was a. Uh, Something about Mary, I think it was when uh, Ben Stiller picks up the uh, the, the hitchhiker because a, ser a serial killer. He didn't know it, and the guy's like, "He's like I have this great idea." He's like, "You heard of seven minute abs? It's like six minute abs." <laughs> 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 so great. I, I want to wow. talk about Kalichi's point as Captain Bringdown. Um, when it comes to <laughs> Scams are going to lessen if if plans like what Doug is laying out there and gamifying financial literacy happens and it continues to permeate, there there will be a lessening of it. But as we've seen at Ponzi schemes and get rich quick emails and pyramid schemes, uh, and as a carny myself, I have the un the innate understanding that someone's always going to look to scam somebody for something. So it's, there's no perfect system. I think the fact that it's decentralized and that a lot of people who are in the market right now are utilizing that as a weapon positively and negatively, because we saw it with, with uh, the hack I talked about earlier, the company Premint, they gave back either at the NFTs, bought back the NFTs or paid the floor price for the NFT, the you know the NFT group that they bought, but they didn't want to do that. They felt compelled to do that, and that's not going to be the norm. And when people when these things happen, like with Seth Green and the Seth Green incident from a couple of months ago, when his when his wallet got hacked, and you see that he had to basically buy back his own property, I think that that's a major pain point in the NFT landscape right now is that you don't have real protection for your assets if something happens. If these hacks happen, you're left holding the bag. 
We talked about that in one of the early episodes at a bit more brain trust, this idea of NFT insurance. And it, it does seem like we're going to get to the point where there has to be some sort of protocol for this. And I think that the more this happens, the worse it's going to be for the NFT, the ideal NFT industry. Because the, the ideal of it being a freely decentralized platform, the more this stuff happens, the more humans act like humans and these parts of society continue to prevail, the worse it makes the entire industry look and then governments will get involved and there will be more oversight and this idealized version of non-fiat currency or these smart contract assets that exist on the blockchain may may find themselves under the same crushing yoke as as every other industry in the world. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's the scary part, right? We don't want that to happen. You know, we don't want uh, you know the I guess the, the the whole ecosystem to be centralized. And I mean, there's some there's some arguments to to make about you know like more uh, some form of uh, regulation is good. Uh, but you know, it's one of those things where you give a you give an inch, and they want to take the whole they want to take the whole thing, kind of a kind of a deal. But I think what will part of what will solve the problem is when like companies like maybe like the ledger, the hardware wallets companies, or even the online you know security companies like the Gnosis Safe example I gave they have a huge role to play here. And I think right now everything is still in, in its infancy. You know, they're still like working with, with different projects and different uh, blockchains and, and things to integrate them into their platform. But I think once they become a really notable brand, that education, you know, will, will make things easier in, in the sense that they may start doing like aggressive marketing campaigns to, you know, to, to preach the fact that, hey, look, you know, you have this board ape what like a gazillion dollars in your in your in your wallets. It makes sense to just use a uh like a hard like either a hardware wallet or an online wallet, uh, which they also have a desktop version of it to protect your asset. You know, I think that education is not there right now. Right now it's just people who are like, you know, hardcore like DeFi DGENs that have access to those types of information. But once they start, like, you know, say, for example, they get funded by one of like a huge corporation or a huge VC firm, they can now spend that money advertising to say, hey, look, you know, you know, you can actually protect your assets. And uh, so stuff like that, I believe stuff like that will start happening even more and uh, to protect people. But uh, yeah, still education, it will still be uh, a huge, a huge part of it. And I like the points, you know. You know, Doug was making about his own project and how you kind of incentivize people to learn uh, about stuff like this. I think that can actually be a very good use case for an NFT. Like, I'll like to learn more about it. Like, so basically, you get an NFT, and you know, basically, you incentivize people to learn how to protect themselves. And if you look, if you watch this video, there's probably some kind of you know utility around that. Uh, that's pretty interesting, and I think that will force people to not force people, but in, like incentivize people to learn more. Yeah, no, and uh, a lot of good points there. And I want to, before I, I dive into that, because I, um, Matt, going back to some of the comments you made around just the, the like, I think the answer is the balancing act, right? We, which we don't know. Like, what what is, what's what's the right way to do something? And which something could be start a company in Web3 or the balance of what type of, how it should be incorporated, how much transparency needs to be in the who they, 
who the individuals are, what their backgrounds are, who's in your community, right? What are their, what are their motives? I think there are no good answers, right? I think that's why right now, clearly what happened last, this last summer or earlier this year with the collapse of these larger entities, they managed, you know, billion dollar entities like, you know, they never knew how to balance a checkbook, which I still don't know how to do. And I don't think it's even necessary anymore. That kind of passed, right? That, that's, that's gone, right? But, but it's just, it's what the, the, my personal opinion and just like making just kind of metaphors or comparisons is that, you know, coming from the space of uh, previous world, I won't talk about data too much. Don't worry, no, it's boring. Of the uh, enterprise systems, right? That run all of these, you know, these oracles of the world, your SAPs that make, you know, your, your, your big corporations run and work they're having, they're in a struggle right now because they're almost too big. They're, it's, it's slowing down corporations from moving into this digital business transformation, everyone to coin it. And candidly, I don't think they will, you know, they'll survive, they'll be fine. But the more modular types, smaller pieces of the pie that come together to solve a problem is the better way to go because if they don't make sense, they'll fail. The market itself will kind of push them out, but it's not going to catastrophically collapse, you know, multiple different entities. They're not all tied together. So which is why Web3 in general is so attractive to me is that you have these smaller pockets of these smaller communities, even if it is tens of thousands of them that are, you know, providing in so many unique ways that you wouldn't think before. I mean, a random project off the top of my head. I actually don't know the name of it. I want to say it's 400 drums. Um, I gotta go check. Uh, I think they're based out of Canada. On, I would think it was Solana and the indigenous people up there, they create um, handmade drums, like the drum um, kits. And what happens is they, they get sold to intermediaries for, let's say call it thousands of dollars, right? But then those intermediaries sell them for hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? But you don't even know they exist. They don't even know like who actually is making it, right? They say it's all authentic when it's made from handmade. It, it is, but you're not giving transparency to who that is, or really you're not educating folks on, hey, this is the individuals who are making it, how much time it takes. And so this project, uh, I think it's 400 drums. Uh, I, I do want to plug it, I have to go back and check. Um, they literally were doing inside the Discord, showing the individuals making the drums and talking through the process, which I thought was so cool. I actually had not seen a Discord do something like that. Um, and I can't remember the actual utility of the project itself. I believe you got an NFT, you got a drum, um, but they were more of just about, Hey, bring awareness to smaller pockets, communities that, that really should be compensated for the value that they're providing to the market. You said there's a market for drums, right? So cutting out that middleman and really no one needs to pay that much for drums or maybe they, they do those individuals, are the ones who should be compensated for it. Right? So my point, the smaller pockets of these groups and allowing things to you know be success and they'll fail and push each other out i think is what will lead to some of the answers to the the questions you had earlier matt and it's it's just going to take time right it's not in this this crash we had here of this you know DeFi 1.0 2.0 whatever you want to call it there's going to be a 3.0 right there'll be many iterations of it and then over time eventually you'll figure okay this this works this small model works probably a hundred years down the road, that won't work. Right. But it's kind of, it's what it's the rolling constant trying and innovation of what it is and why web three to me feels like it is the solution. I don't know what the solution is, but it is the solutions to many of the current problems today inside of our, you know, say the, the world in general, not to get too, too holistic, but yeah. Those are my thoughts on uh, just really the space and the, the opportunity that's here, which is why I'm just so excited to constantly do whatever I can to learn more and contribute wherever I can. 
I think the interesting thing you brought up was like with 400 drums, a couple of months ago on the non-fungible news, we talked about Jay-Z uh, at his, in the Marcy projects where he grew up, uh, shout out Brooklyn. Um, he, he was putting together education courses for people who lived in the Marcy houses to learn about web three, to learn about NFTs, to really create a lot of these funds. And, we see a lot of the major companies get involved. We see we've seen uh, Sotheby's, Sotheby's and Christie's get heavily involved. I believe Chris, uh, Sotheby's launched their own VC fund this week. There's a lot of that. I think the company that weaponizes marginalized communities or these small towns throughout the United States that have lost industry, the Rust Belt, the Southwest big parts of the Northeast, like Buffalo or Scranton, Pennsylvania, these these towns that were once factory towns. If you were able to take the young workforce there and start building out these education courses, treat them as pilot programs in these cities, in these towns, in these neighborhoods to teach kids about crypto, about Web3, about NFTs and what it means to go in it, and these venture firms and these private organizations or these publicly traded organizations get in there, you have your workforce for the next 50 to 75 years. Because when you see the work ethic of a lot of these towns, if you give them the opportunity to build themselves back up, the, the sky is the limit and you're able to create this workforce and you're able to create these tangible things for people that you may not be able to get anywhere else. And it's great to see Harvard have an innovation lab. But if MLK High School or Millard Fillmore Middle School had these opportunities and had these organizations backing them and investing in them, you're cutting out the middleman. You're creating and curating so many things within this to where you're doing the job that would you you're 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 incubating 50 years of evolution within a generation and i don't know why other why some companies don't see that forward it, it's money lost in the short run but money earned in the long run so your your comments is a perfect onboarding ramp here for me to kind of go back to uh Kelchies, your 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 question around kind of the education part or the gamification for our project um and kind of how this comes together and i want to preface that that part of it is probably it's a ways away, but I think this is a good opportunity to kind of just segue into this. Um, and I'm not one to go out and promote, but I think just right now, just this conversation makes a lot of sense on kind of where this all came about. So our project is called MyTree um, and it's spelled M-A-I-T-R-I. Uh, it's all about the creators, right? So Web3, my, my, my opinion, everyone I've met here, this group included, Everyone has something to offer. Um, it doesn't matter how big or how small, uh, but they all come from different ways of life, right? They have different experiences, they have different stories, they have different ways to contribute. And so the cre the the my tree aspect of it is 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 focusing on how can we create vehicles and ramps to bring more individuals into this space via focusing on their ability to create. And defining creators is something that's, it's, it's, you know, anyone who in theory can create, I can't say it's tangible, right? Um, say artists, developers, um, musicians, writers, uh, 
they're strategists, community managers, everyone, the, the roles of, of what it means to be a creator or in a profession is, is, is much is changing a lot also inside the web two space too, by the way. Um, so our project is around how can we create those onboarding ramps to do that? Um, but most importantly out of the gate, we had to figure out, well, where's the reason that's going to say, hey, how can we how can we do that? Or how can we basically incentivize people to do this? Back to my point on the, the gamification part. Um, and I think I mentioned this the last time we had the, the video, but I'll bring it up again. The idea came from for this project from my partner. We've been together now for five years and she's fantastic. Um, I don't know how she stands me, but she does. Uh, <laughs> she's she's uh, a lot of the inspiration for where these ideas come from. Uh, but she's a choreographer at her uh, high school for um, uh, she teaches world religions, but she does uh, choreography with their school play each year. And um, they were doing the, uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember the name, Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, nice. They have the mechanical plant, right? The big, the, the plant that eats the, eats the people, right? So they were looking to look for renting it, right? And I think the rental price, I, I, I think it was like 2,500 bucks, right? And I'm sure you know, there's not much budget set aside for the nope. arts. Um, so they kind of punted that and I think they created, worked on creating a, their own version of it, right? I'm like, that sucks. I'm like, there's a lot of, there's so much, you know, good talent there and want to do something. They can't just have, you know, thing that will help the show. So week goes by, um, she mentions to me later that one of the students was drawing the playbill cover for um, the show. Um, and I'm sitting there, she's telling me, and I'm looking at my computer and I'm seeing the amount, the dumbest things that people are buying, the NFTs, just a straight art. These aren't the project. These are one of ones. These are like, you know, let's call it the rock, the ethereal, ether rock. That's not the best example, right? But hundreds of thousands of dollars for these things that really are just JPEGs, right? They are JPEGs in the end. And in my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I literally, again, assuming the individual was okay with it and it all made sense, I could take that piece of artwork and I could put it on a web, you know, in this Web3 space and say, hey, this school is looking to raise $2,500 for this purpose. And the purpose was the talk about the play and here's the piece of artwork that you can own. And it's $2,500. I could sell that in seconds, seconds. And I'm like, that's it. And I'm like purpose-driven NFTs. That's where the, the, the concept came from. It's like, so you want to put some more meaning behind it. And now I could say there are a lot of obviously things inside the web three space. So there's a lot of purpose that's there, but I think lack NFTs kind of lacked real meaning behind just the, the jokes that come with it. And, you know, there is utility in a lot of projects that have done very well. Um, but that now that example I gave was more, you know, a micro example kind of where we want to go. We want to look much bigger, right? We want to look more towards these larger social, you know, economic entities that are looking to actually contribute value to the world. Um, so outside of that little example, which may be something that'll happen at a, you know, micro level later to your point there, Matt, maybe at a more community level, like giving people opportunities to have their creations be used for, for other, other, uh, um, purposes. We're starting with, um, focusing on specific creator types. Um, and our first one's going to be around artists and it's going to be in the fall. Um, and we're calling on artists. Our, our NFTs are actually a phone. Uh, it's a retro phone that kind of came from also another idea, and I have to say this because it was it was great. Uh, we uh, probably a little before the idea for my tree happened, we were I don't know what it was. We were hanging out on Friday night and uh, probably a couple drinks, and we're like, let's look up our old cell phones we used to have. Probably my idea. Sounds really ridiculous, <laughs> right? So I went get all of our cell phones and we put them into. <laughs> Put them in Excel. I took screenshots from Excel because <laughs> I'm whatever. Love in relation for Excel. Let's 
let's put that aside. Super nerd. All right. Did you have anyway. the Kelly Rowland phone from that Nelly video? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Not yet recent. 360 let Doug finish let Doug finish okay he's on a so, roll so, he's on that's a roll. all I need to I need to know this um so uh uh she had put all of her her phones on the left and mine were on the right and it's just immediately showed how vastly different our paths were right I have like Blackberry Palm Pilot and you know she had certain ones that from where I know the name of the phones but they were just very different right and as we started going through them it was a reflection on us but at the same time I'm like oh my gosh I'm like I have so many memories and so many stories that I can tell from that one phone I remember exactly when I had that. I'm like, my memory's horrible. I can't remember what I had for dinner last night, right? But those, there's something about it that each one of those was a story, the people I was with, you know, the different sounds you heard, right? So on that note, this is back in, this was last summer. And this was when you could literally create any artwork for an NFT project and be successful. It didn't matter what it was, right? I didn't have the good intentions at the time. It was just like, we'll figure out something to do with it, right? Let's make NFTs with the phone. And it kind of fell flat on its face because life happened, right? A lot of things that were there. So over time, um, when I started meeting the, the the other five founding members on our team, it was, you know, half of them were folks in my personal life that I knew prior. The other ones I met through, you know, the Web3 space, Telegram, Discord. And we kind of all had that kind of nostalgic kind of vibe and had connections on that. And the phone was always like something that kind of connected us. I'm like, well, the phones connect people, right? So it's kind of a, you know, a, a vehicle for us to say, hey, we're calling on creators, right? We are calling on you to come to come be part of this journey with us. So um, I'll show you the phones after. It's actually the new one we just published on our website uh, actually yesterday um, is, a, is a glimpse of it. But there are different phones for different types of creators. It's the same actual phones, kind of an homage to the Razer. So oh. I feel like that was the one that was kind of in the middle, at least that most generations you had. It's not exactly the same, but you get you get that yeah. vibe. It's the fourth phone that's there. It's the T9 text, right? Wow. Um, but that's that's going to be our NFT that's going to be used that initial part, um, which will have much more meaning and purpose that we'll share over time. But it's kind of that onboarding vehicle, which is simply just say, I want to pick up a phone. I want to call you to come help, right? So if it's that individual in Scranton, Matt, you were calling up, which, by the way, is not far from me. I had a friend that went to college out there and... Uh, played hockey out there actually Scranton, Pennsylvania, good nice. place. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but it's just having that way of saying, how can we connect people? And that's really what we're looking to do. Um, and uh, the last piece of it, um, I don't want to rant here, but I'm just so excited to talk about it. It's the first opportunity in a while is let's say, so we're bringing on an artist now. Our goal is to bring together projects, charities that are in need of funding for a specific purpose, right? Um, so I talk about the United Nations, they have these sustainable development goals. There are 17 goals that are more focused towards specific aspects of um, where we need to be as a, as a world uh, by 2030. I don't think we're on track. Um, that was the initial starting point, but they have certain buckets, right? Let's say no poverty, um, you know, world, uh, world hunger, um, and they have individual projects. There are about 15,000, I believe, that are there that are smaller entities prior to outside of web three, right? That are doing things to um, solve these problems. So initially we're looking to, um, we're partnering with specific, you know, a, a protocol I can't mention yet, eventually we'll announce them. That is our vehicle to connect with those projects to say, hey, this project specifically is looking to raise money, this exact amount to do X with that, that money. Now let's just say it's, I'll use, make an easy one, save the ocean, very easy example. The prompt will be, it's a, it's a, we're calling them exhibitions. The prompt will be, hey, we're looking for artists, the first creator type we're focusing on to draw um, their representation of, of that project, right? It may be the problem. It may be the solution. 
it may be the utopia, it doesn't matter what it is, right? But the idea is to basically harness those individuals and crowdsource art and then create a, uh, an exhibition to curate around it and kind of promote it and say, hey, these are all individual one-of-one -one artworks and sell them all at the same time. And the idea is to have the proceeds go partial to the project and other part to the creator. So we now have created a vehicle that's incentivized them to bring their art to the table and then at the same time have it serve a purpose hence back to the my little, little shop of horrors example or wow um yes uh example to um that charity so really both parties are beneficiaries and in the, as a whole web3 is because now we have a new creator here right i want to find the individuals who are you know maybe have are working multiple jobs single parents that previously had done artwork in the past but can't do it now they're doing they're working in microsoft excel at their nine to five in the queue, really, I want them to be say, what what else can you do? And hey, maybe that's an opportunity for that individual to now change their change their life in a way. I say change their life, right? But but change that narrative, right? Give them more opportunities and create that onboarding ramp. Yes, be nice to have the artists who are already in crypto be there too. But I want to find the folks who aren't and give opportunities to them. That's my long pitch. But we have a lot of things in coming in the in the education part. That is that is just after. That's 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 coming. So there's there's a, there's a there's a two, three year plan right now that's kind of on the table, but really our focus coming up is gonna be more around just our initial campaign to say, hey, we're calling on artists. Do you want to, do you want to help? Where can we find more information about this? Where can we, on online, on Discord, on Telegram, you have a carrier pigeon named Jim that we can talk to. How can we find out more about this project and how can people support something that, you know, on the face of it, it's a really noble, really awesome idea. Uh, we have today, a great question. Uh, we have a website, Telegram, and we just, we actually just released our first tweet today, actually right before this call. Whoa. Um, we've been, we kind of took a step back during, so you get this, the alpha here, right? Let's call it. <laughs> um, we, uh, we, uh, right before, uh, we took a little break with the bear market, right? Some here to kind of recollect some of the, one of our initial partners got kind of crushed with the, uh, terror collapse. So we had to make sure we were all safe there. So, uh, it was the launch today of our, uh, Twitter first tweet. Um, so it's B my tree. So it's B E M A I T R I dot I O. So on our website, you go there, find the Twitter handle, find the discord, find the discord, join the community. It's open. And I think right now we're doing the first, I want to say first 500 or so is immediately whitelist. So I think right now discord is, is just fresh, brand new hundred people in there. So it is, this is, this is, this is the beginning. It's been in the works for eight months, and this is the, the time we're announcing it. Actually, it's kind of exciting. So realize that I, I could only there. imagine how <laughs> exciting it is for you guys right now. BeMyTree.io. That's BeMyTree.io. Oh, uh, we're gonna uh, Nathan. You got something? Yeah, I was oh, like, Nathan, do you, were you gonna say something? You know, Kalichi, I always do have something to say. First of all, I <laughs> wanted to know how's Jim, the carrier pigeon, and second of all. <laughs> Second of all, Doug, you know, I know that we, we, you know, we unfortunately just always have limited time to speak to you. We could, we could talk to you for hours at this point. I wanted to know, first of all, does anybody have any closing questions? Cause if so, I have a closing question. Uh, cause I like Doug says that he rants, but I just like listening to him elucidate. Uh -huh. so I, I don't consider it a rant. Matt thinks I rant. I, I rant. <laughs> I I what? Rant. Stop. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Makes you. one to no one. Um, <laughs> I would like to know, so you've got this really ambitious project. I'm really glad that you came on here. It's pretty clear and palpable to hear the excitement in your voice that like 
you usually it's hard to speak at length on something unless you really believe in it or unless you're really really just trying to yeah. uh, sell yeah. somebody before you leave town <laughs> uh, so i think it's the former and not the latter um sure. i i think i just want to know like why why nfts like what do you think makes nfts unique for creators that other crypto stuff or other web3 stuff doesn't because you've really cho chosen this to be a purpose-driven nft project and you know you have so much experience and you're pretty knowledgeable about other stuff i'm just kind of interested in like maybe your philosophy on why nfts are the best thing for this and like really i just love hearing about like your hopes and dreams of the project so i just want you to go on a little bit more about that got it so i think the nft part of it for us and this is a so when we talk about like um startup capital we've been thinking about investors right kind of how we're going to position ourselves and we are a you know registered c corporation doing it by the books right um we are reality I'm, we are i'm positioning ourselves a technology company inside of the crypto market right so to answer your question the nfts for us really is a fundraising vehicle we're using them initially to say hey it's our way that's not we're not putting out a token Right, we're basically saying this is our this is our vehicle that has some that that means has purpose and on the point there, um, but for us being transparent, like hey, yeah, we're using a lot of this funding that's going to go toward the actual development of this platform, right? I don't I don't have capital sitting around. I wish I did to say, hey, we can go build this thing, and also at the same time, even if I did, I don't know exactly what it needs to be, right? I have I have a lot of ideas, probably too many ideas, and even our team, we have like all kinds of different you know just thoughts on how it should be. But I've realized the more the more feedback and the more individuals you can have being vocal on what it means to them or what it could be is going to set ourselves up for success. So the the NFT part, it's the crowdsourcing part, right? So I'm essentially crowdsourcing ideally 7,500 people, which was our initial mint supply of individuals to come in that have their own voices in regards to their own you know passion, their own skill set. Like an artist that's you know let's say graphic designer. Is very different than a musician but they have you know similar ideas but also very different i'm kind of half-assed okay at both of those kind of <laughs> play the guitar still ukulele they hang on the wall look really nice and kind of do a couple chords and do a little bit of artwork but reality like i don't know what i'm talking about right so i need to hear from them like what what do they want that user experience to be and really for you know for me is say how can i you know in our team to, to build that vehicle to make that happen, to make that experience make sense for those users and empathize with them on the, the front end for them to submit their work, right? But then on the other side, the reciprocal side, how do we make sure those funds are going to the right, the right causes and how is it going in there? And that's one of our chosen protocols, which I'm excited to announce one day. You know what? Pay back on another time in about a month. I'll tell you who that is. I'll see that. So excited <laughs> to announce that partnership. Trying to keep a plug here to keep me on. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but uh, but but making sure that everyone's understanding and transparent of where those funds are going. Right. Uh, I think it's very critical for you know th this also to conception of like charities. Like oh you you, you get this money and it's like what do they do with it? They publish. They make that information available. But I'm looking for more towards too. I would love to. And now here's the vision part. And they, you want this. I would love to get to a point where projects who are on the reciprocal side, right? So let's go back to my ocean example. Um, they're looking to raise $100,000 to um, preserve corals, reefs, right? And they need $100,000 because of this specific purpose. So maybe there's like three phases, right? They say, hey, I need $10,000 for a startup. 
$50,000 after whatever the difference is, three, four, can't do math right now, need Excel, can't do it, right? What, so those gates, right? So we raised the $100,000, but it goes to some type of escrow endowment fund or a holding tank that are not released until you hit milestones that you say you're going to hit yeah. before going there to say like, hey, I want to preserve 10 coral reefs. Again, I'm making things up for example here. We have they have pictures there. Hey, we're here, and maybe there's verified maybe there projects that can verify the legitimacy of the picture. What I don't know, whatever. But to the point where, like, it's like, oh, I understand now. I understand where my money's going. I I supported this project. I see where it is, and like that project, they're holding them accountable to say you're going to do what you said. All right, you hit that first goal. Okay, here's the next release, the next funds, and now you're basically helping the progression of that. And hey, if it doesn't happen, you know, companies for some reason they just it just fell apart for whatever reason. Ideally, we're looking towards in the future, and this is not a promise, but I want to put it out there, is to reposition those funds into a community wallet to be used for grants to say that, hey, now we can basically become more of an incubator type platform, right? To say that's that's the bigger vision. We are going to start with grants out of the gate that's funded by you know our initial mint. But there's so many good ideas out there. And I, I know it's, it's sometimes funding is always that thing that's difficult. Want to make that access easy to our community and creators to kind of say, hey, do you have any Shark Tank? Tell me what your ideas. I love listening. I would love to be devil's advocate. I'd love to do whatever I can to help because people did that for me, right? I was fortunate to have that through my past and still do. Um, friends, family, and new folks that I meet along the way. Um, so really kind of creating that 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 ethos, which is that kind of like that vibe that really about all parties benefit no matter if you're the input or you're, you're the output. Um, so Really, that's my bigger vision to say that there is a point where you can hold folks accountable towards where things are going and transparency of it. And and if it doesn't happen, it's okay. But but really setting goals because it's really easy to say, hey, I donated money here. Great. That's cool. What do they do with it? I don't know. I, I donated. I'm not saying it's bad to donate to charity, right? Everyone, please do it. Donate. But the transfer of wealth that's happening right now, right, is where, where is it going? You don't want it to come into the system. And then have these massive collapses in DeFi and go right back out to the individuals who started with it, right? You want to have it go right to the place where it actually makes sense. And those are the masses, right? Those are the those are the 99% that's there. And these new smaller populations of communities or projects that are coming up that are looking to do good, regardless of where they are in the world. Wow. That's that's very that's very powerful, man. I'm some I was just just listening, like to to Nathan's point. You could just listen to you just talk talk about you know cool. the, your project <laughs> and and how you how you intend to use it to do good. That's the most important thing. Uh, this is a complete like uh, uh, it's completely different from what we see in the current you know, NFT ecosystem. Like this 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 ape, this this derivative of ape, just um, like anonymous projects, just you know creating this false sense of community about a project or or. or whatever you're doing uh just to i guess you know sell out the collection and then you know they can they can create some you know i, I don't know like I, a lot of it is just like jokes and just like there's no purpose there's no, no purpose. purpose no purpose right? there no purpose but, but what you just said though is a key point i want to bring up is that yeah. so although and i appreciate your comments like yeah i you know I'm, I'm super excited about this i feel like we are bringing something good to the table there are so many other projects out there too i want to highlight them right i'm not saying my project's better than someone else but the more you know this next wave because right. i can hope like this this flush that's here I hope right. there's a hundred projects like ours. They're doing the exact same thing. I don't care. It doesn't matter, right? But there's enough. There's enough space and opportunity for everyone to 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 be part of this this change here. That that has that's looking at drive good outcomes, right? There's going to be challenges along the way. Don't get me wrong. 
um, which, you know, but, but that's, that's just how together as a group and as a community, you push through them and you make, you make better strides. So um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the, what we're looking to achieve. And one hell of a project, one hell of a human being, Doug Smith. Thanks again. And yeah, we'll book you. You just free up your, you know, your Thursday in like four weeks and we'll have you back on. We'll have you back. We'd love to have you on anytime here on NFT 101 and the BitMart Brain Trust. If you have more questions, more comments, more concerns for Doug Smith, his information is in the description below. Whether you're listening to us on audio or looking to my eyes right now on video, I'm sorry. I know they're dreamy. But you can also figure out how to follow myself, follow Nathan, follow Kalichi, and also follow BitMart. We have a big program going on right now. If you have not signed up to BitMart, it is your lucky day because you have the opportunity to win up to $3,000 in a sign-up bonus. For more information on that, go to the link in our description. Be sure to follow, like, and subscribe to NFT 101 and the Crypto Conversations podcast feed. And be sure to like that like this video, smash the button, ring the notification bell for every edition of the BitMart Brain Trust. For Nathan Simone, for Kaliji eBay, and for Doug Smith, I'm Matt Ryan. For some reason, we gotta go, but we gotta go. We'll see you next time right here on the BitMart Brain Trust. See ya. Thank you, guys. Hello to everybody out there in crypto land. Did you enjoy that conversation? I know that I did. It's always interesting to learn more about crypto projects, NFTs, and what is going on in this very unique industry. But now we've got to get some legal stuff out of the way, all right? It's just the way that it is. So I wanted to let you know that all opinions and actions expressed and undertaken by the hosts and guests are individual opinions and actions and do not reflect the views and actions of Bitmark. Bitmart does not guarantee the accuracy, applicability, reliability, integrity, performance, completeness, or appropriateness of this content. The value of digital currencies can go up or down, and there can be a substantial risk in buying, selling, holding, or investing in digital currencies. You should carefully consider whether trading or holding digital currencies is suitable for you based on your personal investment objectives, financial circumstances, and risk tolerance. Bitmart does not provide investment, tax, or legal advice. Use of BitMart services is entirely at your own risk.